You're listening to the Townsville Chambercast. Essential information, ideas and news that matters to the business community of Townsville. We would like to thank our show partner, Adits, for making this podcast possible. Adits are a local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, adits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S Welcome. Today we are diving into arts and recreation services and we're joined with CEO of Townsville Chamber, Ross McLennan, and incoming Executive Director of the Australian Festival of Chamber Music, Dr. Ricardo Peach. Thanks, Claire, and thanks everyone for tuning in today. This is another very broad and diverse industry sector, encompassing live performances, events and exhibits, alongside sporting, recreational activities and gambling activities, right down to parks, zoos, museums and nature reserves. The Australian Festival of Chamber Music has been in Townsville for over 30 years and is the largest event of its type in the Southern Hemisphere. The festival, as Claire mentioned, does have a new executive director, Dr Ricardo Peach, G'day Ricardo, how are you? Thank you very much Ros and uh, welcome everybody uh, to the Chambercast itself. It's great to have you here, uh, just moving into Townsville, setting up here. I mean, welcome to the uh, the capital of North Queensland, Australia's largest city in Northern Australia. But tell us a little bit about what you've been up to for the 12 months. I mean, your sector's had a real uh, bumpy road. Oh, it's been incredibly uh, tough on the arts over the last 12 months because, of course, no one could get together and have events or performances for mo- you know across most of the world. Where I've come from in South Africa, uh, I used to run a festival there, a big arts festival, about 160,000 people usually turn up, 400 artists, and we couldn't hold it last year. And it's kind of doubtful whether it can happen this year as well because South Africa, like many other developing countries around the world, rely on the COVAX vaccine system, which is very slow. So there's very few vaccines out there for the developing world. So... Um, yes, it's incredibly tough and artists are suffering enormously around the world at the moment. Yeah, because your industry, you have to move around a lot. You have to play different areas and different crowds and, and everything like that. Like, How did you stay connected during the last 12 months? How did you all sort of try and make your way through it? Well, look, it was, it was a very interesting journey for us to kind of find out what we needed to do because we didn't know what we needed there to was no do. There was no rule book. There was no rule book. So we, uh, uh, within a week of lockdown, I'm talking talking specifically about South Africa here now, which was on the 27th of March. It was one of the strictest lockdowns on the planet. We went into that for months. Within a week of lockdown, we decided, look, we've got a medium called Zoom. Let's start (laughs) using it. And we gathered kind of really interesting thinkers from around the world who were then stuck in their kitchens, basically, like the rest of us. And we got them to talk about what it is that we needed to do over the next 12 months. So we used, you know, public so that people could come in and ask them questions as well. So we learned from kind of the best experts on the planet, really, about what it is that they thought we could do next and so we took most of our programs slowly but certainly online so we worked developing a huge kind of pan-african marketplace we did that online Uh, we had something like 3,000 people attend and be part of it which was phenomenal we moved our literature festival online we moved our whole um, festival with performance work online as well so we just adapted really quickly and we started doing you know more research and development projects which could place take place online as well to prepare artists over the next few years for what might be coming after COVID is gone so that they are prepared for when the industry opens up again. I did see this a little bit through COVID, I must admit. Now, I'm pretty computer illiterate, but had you ever used 
Zoom in this capacity before, or was this something completely new to you got, and you just had to, to fly by the seat of your pants and, and try and get it done? It was completely new. We just had to kind of learn as we went along. So yeah, I talked to my staff at the festival as well, and everybody was very frightened because no one knew exactly what to do. And I said to them, look, we're not going to get this right from the beginning. This is an iterative process. You tell me what it is that you need <laughs> and we can figure this out together. And if we stuff up, we stuff up and no one is going to be you know, punished for stuffing up because no one knows how this works. And so we started small scale and then started scaling up around first testing you know, conversations online how we could kind of get people together and have mediators with really interesting topics to kind of make this work public and get the audiences engaged with it as well. Because I think one of the wonderful things about the internet is the interactivity. Yeah, There's no separation between audience performer or audience and speaker often. And I think that's what's excellent about it because it's it's interactive and it allows real-time engagement. And so we just, you know, started trialing that and, ke- and kept building it and building bigger platforms and more interactive spaces for people to meet in virtual meeting rooms and in virtual worlds and so we just uh, yeah iteratively developed new ways of being online and I think what we really must take away from this industry around the world is that when physical things can happen again we need to go hybrid because the access that being online provided for so many people who couldn't physically be at your event previously was a wonderful opportunity so some amazing things kind of emerged from this global networked environment that we were able to access for the first time yeah so you've got to obviously monetizing it and everything's going to be the next big step I know there was a lot of free stuff going on through that area and and all that time and I mean that was because as you say people were were learning but did you just say that you got 3,000 people online at one stage or 3,000 participants as part of our pan-african creative exchange online marketplace so you know not all at the same time but we had it over a five six day period we had something like 300 delegates who registered and paid to be part of it and then a lot of other people came in for free because we you know paying for something like that especially in africa is is still very tough and so we gave people the option of donating if they wanted Mm -hmm. but but it was free mostly and a lot of people actually simply decided to donate because we offered it for free. And so it was quite a wonderful experience to to get people from across Africa and across the world connected in ways that they were never connected before using their mobile phones basically yeah it's just uh it's amazing isn't it? but i mean like a lot of people we've been talking to on the townsville chamber cast we're sort of moving forward and now we're evolving you've come back to the the little island of australia and uh you've moved to sunny townsville and you're experiencing uh, our typical winter weather here 20 27 degrees i think is the norm here through um our 330 days of sunshine so uh you're here we're obviously the townsville chamber of commerce so we want to start looking at how the business community interact with you guys and particularly the arts and so have you got any examples or have you have you got any ideas about how uh, the business community can start now interacting with you as we as we think see things starting to open up again? Yeah, I have a, a million ideas. Oh, and, that's you know, what people we like. can just yep. contact me directly and, yep. and and donate because we're a tax deductible. Yeah, right. So they're welcome yep. to be part of it. There was a conversation we had last week uh, in in the Flinders Lane where some of these questions were asked to me by the public as well, and I created a context, and I'm going to create a context here for for listeners as well in terms of the profile of the creative industries in Australia itself so that they can understand the scope of what it is that we're dealing with when we talk about the creative industries. Mm. So there's a report that was brought out late last year by independent think tank called A New Approach, 
AMA. And it's a think tank that's funded by um, foundations such as the Meyer Foundation, uh, the Tim Fairfax Foundation and the Kerr Foundation, an independent think tank that did research on the economic impact of the creative industry in Australia. And they found that the creative economies contributed something like $111 billion to the Australian economy. That's 6.4% of GDP. That's enormous. In addition to that, you know, about 800, more than 800,000 jobs are directly in the creative economy. And that's something like 8.1% of the working community <laughs> work in the creative industry. So it's very significant figures for us to work with. And the AFCM itself contributes something like 3.7 million into the local economy, more than 13,000 beds just over the you know 10 days that people come to the festival. So I think it's one of the largest events held in towns well if if not the if not northern australia so the economy the creative economy is incredibly important and what we need to do is make sure that there is enough investment in the creative economies to generate uh, the kind of the creative practices that exist and that investment includes infrastructure. I'm very new to Townsville, but one of the first things I noticed after reading quite a few reports as well and seeing the statistics is that there's not enough arts industry infrastructure mm-hmm. in Townsville at the moment. There's a real need and a desire from people in Townsville to see more and experience more, but there's just not enough infrastructure. So for us to have a concert hall, for example, that the AFCM can then use and grow as a festival itself, because we can't grow at the moment because we, you know, we fill in all the spaces we already have. So if there's kind of a bespoke concert hall that can be built and and creative industry hub, in a sense, for many of the other creative industries here as well, um, visual arts, dance, um, music beyond the AFCM, First Nation creative hubs as well. I think the capacity for Townsville's creative community to showcase and expand their their economic input into the region would exponentially grow. But investment is required in terms of the arts infrastructure in Townsville. The other thing I think that would be very useful is if we kind of create a creative industry strategy for Northern Australia call it Creative North or whatever you want to call it. Um, And collectively as an arts industry, we come together with business and say this is what we need to grow the industry further so that more creative development can happen in North Australia. And then we could potentially build that strategy into a much larger strategy that's being touted at the moment by organisations such as A New Approach, where they're calling for the federal government to create a national arts and creative action plan, NACC they call it, a national plan similar to many other plans that exist for the military and other other sectors in society already so that we can really expand and take advantage of the creativity in Australia and make sure it thrives. Do we already have a plan like this for Northern Australia or is there bits of it or, you know, can Townsville take a lead on this? I think Townsville can take a lead on this. I'm not aware of anything that exists. I think there's some tourist strategies, which yep. is kind of very much focused around tourism, but not specifically for the creative arts. I might be completely wrong, but I haven't found one anywhere. Yeah. So if somebody can <laughs> email me one, that's great. But I think Townsville can absolutely take a lead on this and build it for the community here so that you know, federally a government can then go, oh, look, these people really got their act together. Of course, we'll give them money for this and that and that because they know what they're doing and they're working together. Do you think there's a, a unique opportunity for the regions in Australia, you know, like places like Townsville, you know, population of 200,000 people, a world-class stadium here with this sort of building infrastructure 
infrastructure, build it, they will come. We're seeing people from the bigger cities looking at options into the regions now and, and all of the data's sort of pointing towards that migration out. Do we have an opportunity, a bit of a unique window because of COVID, to attract those creative people out as well? Like they've always been pulled out of the regions to get better, if you like, or expand because they've gone to Sydney or Melbourne. Do we have an opportunity? Look, I don't know what goes through people's minds in terms of the creative industries. I can't talk for them, but I think COVID has created an opportunity for us to get our strategy correct. Mm -hmm. And because there's an inquiry, the federal government has an inquiry now about the creative industries because we suffered so enormously during COVID. So because of that, there's an opportunity now to get our thinking right and to show Australian people and the government just how important and significant an industry the creative industries is. If we get that right, I think then we kind of act on what it is that we say we need. Then there's an opportunity to get people to move more regionally because people come when there's infrastructure and there's opportunities. Hmm. So if we build that, it's not necessarily only that they'll come because I think there's already enough creative people here to actually fill the infrastructure when it's built in any case. So there's enough talent in the regions and people interested in seeing the work that we want to present in, in the new infrastructure to already fill that. You know, if, if more people come in, that's fabulous. But from the reports I've read, it's like there's an incredible need already in the regions as they are. So it's not that we need people to come in. The people who are here say they can fill more <laughs> venues yep. and, and go to more shows if we just have that infrastructure in place already. Yeah, and, and, I, and I mean, it all flows into the livability and the status of our city. And we're a growing city. We all know that, but it all adds to the strength of that. So, I mean, it's a good interlude. I mean, when is AFCM this year? We're all going. We're booked in. We're locked in. We're getting underway. Yes, our ticket sales are above where they were in 2019. So we're very excited. Wow touch wood with all the lockdowns and what's taking place we've got kind of COVID plans <laughs> running out of our uh, ears at the moment but uh, yes the ticket sales have been very good fabulous opening night concert with a new commission that uh, the AFCM asked Deborah Cheatham to do uh, she's a Yorta Yorta woman but she's singing a work in Wulgarugaba uh, and that is launching the festival on uh, the 23rd during the as, for the opening night and so people can go buy tickets to the whole festival still that's the 23rd of July 23rd of July, yeah. Yeah, and it's going through until... Till the 1st of August. Till the 1st of August, There's yeah. a few things that have sold out already, so you better rush to... <laughs> ticket shop and get your tickets fast yep. because it's proving to be very popular this year. So in the past, I know people have come from the bigger cities, the Sydney and Melbourne, and I know I've had personal experience with some of those people and they're just like, oh, you, are, you are, don't realise how lucky you are to have, you know, Edward Barton here. You don't realise how lucky you are to have this violinist from Switzerland here. And I didn't, hand on heart, I didn't realise how these amazing people were coming to our town and spending 10 days here. Do our locals really know and appreciate what you're bringing to our city? Look, I don't know. I'll go ahead and ask uh, them. Yeah. But it's the dilemma of anything that happens in a, in a regional site. I experienced this similarly in South Africa. Local people often don't realise just what goes in, into kind of creating a festival and exactly who the amazing people are that are coming in. They kind of take it for granted. So you know, I think it's our job to kind of keep pushing that, to say, you know, this is the biggest chamber music festival in the Southern Hemisphere and it's the only festival that has an international artistic director who has these amazing international contacts. So these people would never come unless they have the invitations from these people who they trust and know. So it's kind of an amazing event that happens. One of the most international events in Australia, never mind in North Australia. And I've been sort of harping on a little bit this recently, you know, like people go, oh, why do you, why do you live in, the, in regional Australia? You know, well, only 
takes me five minutes to get to work. I can walk on the beach. And we do have some of these amazing world-class events happening right here on our doorstep. Absolutely. And, you know, the more you take advantage of it, the better. And Th- They get bigger. And the, the reality is the more infrastructure that gets built, the more of this can happen. Mm. So people, it's kind of nice actually that people just take for granted the fact that there's kind of international stars from around the planet here and, and that they can talk to them in a cafe and just kind of connect on a human to human level. That's kind of what's unique about this festival as well. I think the kind of informal nature of it, which is, you know, so difficult to get if you're in places like New York or Paris, wherever you never get to see the superstars. Here you can have coffee with them. That's an amazing asset that this festival has. Yeah, we're all pretty friendly here and pretty laid back. So I, I hope you've experienced that hospitality. Uh, coming up here as well? No, absolutely. So my, my partner and I moved, you know, here from South Africa only about four or five weeks to go. He's already got a job. They've offered him <laughs> a job. He's very excited. And the people have been incredibly friendly. And, you know, every night there's a dinner, dinner invitation. So we have been incredibly lucky. Well, that's fantastic. I'm proud to say that that's just the norm here in Townsville. So, look, I mean, we have sort of talked a little bit about this, and I sort of always like to end these on what's the greatest thing that could happen for your industry. I mean, you've talked a lot about the infrastructure and concert hall. Yes, I must say uh, the priority of the AFCM at the moment is to advocate for a world-class concert hall where the sound is the key aspect of the hall because there's amazing infrastructure already in Townsville, but none of them is built specifically for uh, chamber music or for orchestral performances because you can't have curtains or carpets or wings in concerts hall. They have to be designed in a very particular way to facilitate the best sound for people to come. So you have these world-class people come to Townsville and you need to offer them a space where the sound, the core of their existence, (laughs) the sound (laughs) is the best in the world. So that is what we really need to argue for and argue for Townsville to have having this amazing festival that has, you know, existed for more than 30 years and started here. That's what's incredible. I know when I did a little bit of reading on it, it really is inspiring for what we actually have here and, you know, and I know you do take these things to all different areas and, and little nooks and you find amazing things over the years that you know you take them onto islands and and performers and i know speaking to some of those performers in the past they've been just as exciting about going out on the great barrier reef to do certain things as well so you really do showcase the region with what you do as well yes i mean one of our key sponsors is tourism queensland and we've worked so well with them because what we do naturally is showcase townsville and surrounds in northern queensland people come up here and value add to the festival itself then they go oh to take two or three days before or after the festival and go see the region. You know, they're very high income people spending all their money mm. in uh, Northern Australia and we're very happy about that. Most uh, definitely. And they love coming back. We have incredibly loyal supporters. You know, 40% of the people who come to the festival are locals. We're very proud of that. And 60% come from Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, Canberra, Perth, all over Australia and men from uh, New Zealand as well. So we're glad the bubble <laughs> yeah, is yeah, active let's, at the let's moment. Let's the bubble stays, um, yeah. But, uh, a very, very loyal audience that come back year after year and they come for an experience that's not just the festival itself. The experience is Northern Australia and the mm. tropics and the amazing facilities you have here for tourists. And also, I must say, the additional creative energy that's in the region when they are here. Events like NAFA, The Fringe, Ephemera, Punk you know, Dance North, all these incredible creative events that are happening at the same time. I think 
add to each other. Yeah. And so they build a bigger experience for people when they get here. And people love that. People love to experience a whole range of the creative energies that are in this town already. You know, I've said it for years, but one thing Townsville probably doesn't do is brag about itself, is sell itself. But, you know, you get someone under the top of Castle Hill and I don't know how many times I've taken groups of people up there and they've said, oh, gee, I didn't realise Townsville was so big. You know, oh, I didn't realise. And I'm sure the same thing happens. But, oh, that's on, this is on. And that, that's why it's so important to create that ecosystem and all band together. But I love the idea about the strategy you know the concert hall has it's not a new thing but i see your energy and i'm sure you're not going to let anyone uh, off the hook if you get them in a corner no it's my one of my kpis i'm not going to <laughs> stop <laughs> talking about it until it happens <laughs> everybody better just watch out they're going to be so sick of me talking about it but it's absolutely essential yeah for townsville to grow and the creative uh, space something like that just has to happen. Fantastic. Love your attitude. And look, thanks very much. I know you're recent to Townsville and you've been bombarded with special requests and meetings and you didn't balk at coming on to our little uh, podcast here. So thanks very much for your time and look forward to the uh, the upcoming event with absolutely no issues and we get to uh, get to see all of it. Thank you so much for the invitation and uh, I'll be back. <laughs> thanks, mate. We appreciate you tuning in to the Townsville Chambercast. Subscribe and follow to receive Chambercast updates for your morning commute every second Friday. Thanks for listening and remember to think, support, celebrate and go local. This podcast is proudly funded by the Australian and Queensland governments through the Disaster Recovery Funding Arrangements. We would also like to thank our show partner, Addits, for making this podcast possible. Addits are your local IT provider with one purpose, to implement effective technology solutions which empower their customers to achieve their mission. You can find out more about how they can support you and your business over on their website, addits.com.au. A-D-I-T-S dot com dot A-U.